Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now, here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of The Vital Podcast. I'm Canon Mark Eldridge, the Director of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, which is a ministry of the American Anglican Council. Where we're In this podcast, we talk about all things that are vital to existing Anglican congregations to help provide proven and practical resources, see existing churches get back to a place of health and thriving again, fulfilling the Great Commission in your local communities. I'm excited today to talk to you about an experience I had last week uh, where I was up at uh, in the D.C. area at the ACNA, that's Anglican Church North America's provincial council meeting. And I heard we heard a lot of good reports. I was able to, um, I was grateful to give a, a ten-minute report on Anglican Revitalization Ministries to the leadership of the of the movement, and uh, just to help promote the work we're doing, which I'm grateful for. But I also, uh, in listening to some of the reports, I, I, I learned something interesting, which I thought was really helpful to our work and our passion here at Anglican Revitalization Ministries, um, in in trying to help as many churches as possible really fulfill the Great Commission and, as I said, get back to that place of health and growth and thriving again. So uh, in one of the reports, uh, they were just sort of sharing the, the sort of the statistics of, of the of the province, uh, the ACNA, over the last uh, year. And so, you know, the reporting from congregations and all that kind of stuff. And so so among among the the numbers that were shared, uh, they shared that there was 25 uh, new churches planted, which is great. So uh, obviously that's not our focus, but we're super excited about church planting, and we see ourselves as sort of a complement, complementary ministry to Always Forward, the church plant, planting ministry of the ACNA, uh, which focused on church planting, where we want to focus on existing congregations and helping them. At any rate, so uh, 25 new church plant churches planted. That's that's fantastic. Then they shared that the net gain in a uh, number of numbers of churches in the ACNA on the year was two. So 25 new churches planted with a net gain of, uh, of numbers of churches one year over the next was we have two more churches uh, than we did a year before in the, in the ACNA. Well, so, I mean, I'm not great at math, but that immediate <laughs> indicates that if we planted 25 new we had a net gain of two that at a minimum we we closed in the acna 23 churches well so i investigated that a little bit and asked some questions and found out that actually there'd been some there'd been some churches that had transferred into the acna last year so not sure exactly how many those were but but the fact that there's some transfer so all that to say is what I learned was that that we, as in ACNA, closed at a minimum of 23 churches, and it's probably more. And so just, you know, at Anglican Revitalization Ministries, our heart is to help church, existing churches not close, not only not close, but get to get back to a place of health and growth again, revitalize. And so so that just sort of broke my heart to, to know that that many churches closed. So uh, what what I, I wanted to talk about here is and just bring up is that that what our goal is is to see that number drastically change and so that if we let's say we plant 25 new churches in one year that we would have a net gain of 25 churches 
um, uh, although, or maybe closer to that, uh, you know, maybe 20 net gain of 23 or something. Cause the reality is that some churches are going to close. And I, I, as a revitalization guy, I don't like to admit that. Uh, I don't like to think about that, but the reality is that some, some churches just inevitably close. It's, it's the natural church life cycle takes hold and churches have closed, um, over the past 2000 years of Christianity. It, it happens. But again, our goal is to, to see as, as few of those churches in the ACNA close as possible. Speaking of, if, if, if churches do close and if you're in a situation where it's just that's, that's probably the inevitability, um, if, you, if you don't think it is, call me right away, email me, set up a call. But, but if you're like, yeah, it's probably going to close it. Let me just, uh, on that, there's two books that I really recommend. One is called Legacy Churches by Stephen Gray and Franklin du- uh, Dumond. It's a, it's a quick read. It's, it's pretty short and quick and, and it's really helpful. The other one is called Dying to Restart, Dying to Restart by Greg Weens and Dan Turner, who I know those guys and um, I really respect the work that they do. At any rate, those are a couple of resources. But as I said, that's, that's not our heart at ARM. We, we want to, um, we want to see churches not closing. In fact, uh, I, I often like to quote uh, Romans 8, 17 or excuse me romans 4 17 which is in that sections of of romans where it's talking about abraham's faith and how he received the promises of god and it says that he received those promises because he believed in the god who brings the dead back to life and can create new things out of nothing abraham believed in the god who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. And so that's just a, a scripture that I love for revitalization and thinking about churches that may be plateaued or declining or even deep in decline, that, that nothing's impossible for God. If he can bring the dead back to life, which he obviously can, and if he creates new things out of nothing, which he obviously can, he created the entire universe from nothing, uh, that he can certainly, if we partner with him and do the, do the work that, uh, of revitalization, that, that any church can turn around. And so, so uh, anyway, I just always like to be hopeful and, and not based on necessarily our ability, but based on uh, God's love and immense power and uh, desire to work with us. So anyway, so, so back to the, back to the provincial council. So, so those numbers were, were helpful in, in the report that I uh, shared, uh, I was able to share uh, that we have uh, about our church health assessment that we offer, the Revive Church Health Assessment, which can be found at our website, churchrevive.org, uh, that we, do, you, we offer in partnership with Asbury Seminary. Uh, it was created by Dr. Winfield Bevins for, for Anglican churches, liturgical churches. And so at any rate, uh, we've, we've, now, we've now used that assessment on uh, well over 120 churches, which since there's just under 1,000 churches in the ACNA, uh, statistically, that's somewhere north of 12% of, of the ACNA we have, we've assessed. And so that's been helpful because it's given us some insights into some trends and some patterns uh, that, that we've seen emerge. And, and so, again, without doing like deep dive into the, into the numbers, I don't bore you with, with all of that here. But, but as a, a general sort of – if you look at all the, all the assessments that have been done, uh, the the clear ma- the the vast majority of of churches in the ACNA that we've assessed, uh, which again I think with twelve percent you can kind of see as a, a broader pattern, uh, but the that the the, the the common strengths among the Anglican churches uh, are are Christ centeredness and uh, authentic worship. And, and a, th- a third category that's often right up there in the top strengths is uh, kingdom generosity. 
And that makes a lot of sense, at least in my my observation within the ACNA, is that we have a lot of churches that are that have, that have chosen to be Anglican because they want to be a part of a biblically faithful missional movement, or biblically faithful at least, that they don't want to be a part of a church that's adopted progressive liberal Christianity and um, that the Bible is not true, that they really believe that the Bible is God's word and that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And so so that there's a there's a strong uh, sense of Christ-centeredness and commitment to the to the truth in the ACNA churches, and also then authentic worship it, that often always scores real high because um, whether a church's individual congregation's worship is healthy, uh, they think it is, right? I mean, everyone loves the, the loves your worship, and, the, and we come to Anglican churches because we love the liturgy and because we love the particular style or preference that this local church has around worship. That's pro- usually the sort of the common bond that brings people to to the Anglican churches. They could go be something else if they didn't really care about liturgy at some level. So anyway, so those two things often are the, the highest. And, and again, kingdom generosity is often high because a lot of churches, especially those that we've assessed that are maybe plateaued or declining, um, the, the people that are there, that are still there, that are uh, haven't left or hanging on, they really want to see that church thrive. They don't want to see it close. And so they're giving at a high level and really highly committed to seeing the church continue and, and back that up with their giving. So so those three tend to be the highest. And then the, the, the areas that tend to score the lowest, not tend to, that seem to always score the lowest, um, are the, uh, the two categories. The, the lowest is almost always uh, missional impulse or, or local church, local mission, local evangelism, uh, evangelism through the local church to the local community. That's um, really low in most churches. And then the other is uh, vision clarity, uh, that there's there's just not a real clear sense of vision for the church. We come together, we go to church on Sunday, we have some Bible studies and those kind of things. People serve a little bit, you know, obviously mostly around keeping the Sunday worship going and a little bit of discipleship and some fellowship here and there. But 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 there's not real sense of like why are we doing this and where are we trying to go and what are we trying to accomplish as as a local church. Uh, and usually those two things, the vision clarity and the and the lack of or the lack of vision clarity and the lack of uh, local uh, mission go together because there's not a real clear sense of vision. Uh, for mission, then that doesn't get done. At any rate, so that's just some patterns that we've seen. I think is helpful. I was able to share that uh, at provincial council, at least with those those who I was able to talk to about it, and 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 briefly in my in the, my report. At any rate, the point is, as I was thinking about that, uh, that's why in our revitalization resources, and particularly the revive process that we offer churches that. Uh, you know, your church could engage with and that, that we in the seminar and in the teaching, we really stress the importance of that, of that vision clarity and the local church mission. How do you do, how do you do evangelism? How do you, how does your church identify specific unchurched people in your local community, right around your church, develop strategies to build relationships with those unchurched people, uh, that unchurched population group, so to speak, build relationship with them in a, in, a, in a missional way, a felt need kind of way that could then lead to the opportunities to share Jesus with them, bring them into the church so then you can make them disciples. Because uh, that, that tends to be the lowest, weakest area. So we tend to focus hep- the most you know heavy on that in terms of uh, of what to do in next steps. Now, again, it's important to that all all the vital areas of church health are done. If a church is going to be healthy, you have to be vital 
healthy in all the vital areas. You can't just be healthy in one or two. Uh, you have to be healthy in all five vital areas, which is, again, why most churches are unhealthy. They're usually healthy in the worship area and the um, uh, and maybe a little bit in the in the fellowship area, but then unhealthy in the mission area. So we want to be healthy in all five. But my point and what I'm trying to get to in this podcast here is to say this: that that because most churches are are weakest in the evangelism area, the mission area, that that's the really uh, the, uh, the area that should often be focused on first. If you're like, we want to get healthy. Uh, rather than focusing on some of the other areas that are unhealthy, also unhealthy, focus on the mission piece first. And then once you get that working, then you can go back and work on some of the other areas. So, I mean, just thinking for an example, like if you, like with the church health assessment, if we, when your church takes that, let's say your church t- took it and you, and you see the, the data comes back that says, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty healthy in the worship area. You're pretty healthy in the fellowship area, but you're, 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 not so healthy in the um, discipleship area or your processes for discipling people and getting them plugged into in a systematic way into ministry. Those, those really aren't doing really well, but you're really uh, weak and your numbers are low, so to speak in, uh, in the mission area, the evangelism area. Well, the temptation is to say, well, we're, 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 you know, all of these areas need work. So let's focus on the discipleship piece first, and then we'll get around to the mission piece. Um, or let's focus on really strengthening up the getting people in the ministry piece, and then we'll go around to the mission piece. But, but I, I was thinking about it in terms of like, if you went to the doctor and you did blood work and you had an assessment of your overall state of your health, ran the tests and your numbers come back and the doctor said, well, yeah, you're, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, breathing is you've got, you know, your lungs aren't really at a hundred percent capacity. You need to do some work there. You, your, your uh, muscles are weak and you need to strengthen your muscles, your, your musculatory system and uh, your bones need some, some uh, density. So you probably should do something like that. But this, um, this gunshot wound you have, <laughs> that's a little harsh of an example, but let's go with your, your, your clogged artery is, you know, you've got four blocked arteries in your heart. And um, so, so, you know, all of that needs work, but what would you like to focus on first? You know, it's your choice. Well, you know, obviously the, 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 you might temptation to be like, well, let me work on my muscles or let me work on my, my bones. Um, let me work on my lungs a little bit but, and ignore the, the four clogged arteries, which is leading to imminent death. Well, you wouldn't do that. You'd say, let's focus, let's get the the critical one first. Let's really get the heart figured out. we got to do surgery. we got to do whatever we got to do. Get that heart working right. Then we'll go back. It doesn't mean because now you've got your heart working right. You say you fix all that. It doesn't mean the other areas magically got better. You still have to go work on this, but you, you get the, you get the critical one going first so that you don't die. And then, and then you can work on the others. Well, that's how I think about it in terms of like the, the vision or excuse me, the vision, uh, vision clarity and specifically the vision for your mission and who you're trying to reach in your community. That's often the place if you're, you're, you're bleeding out. And if you don't have that, um, if you don't get that mission piece, right. And you don't start actively figuring out how to get people build relationship with people on church people and start bringing them in, then it does. You could have the best discipleship systems in the world and the best worship and the best uh, plan to get people in ministry. But if you got, you don't have anybody coming in, it won't do anything. So, so, so get to the critical one first, stop the bleeding, so to speak, or go in and get the, get the heart, heart working right to go back to my original example, but figure out, start, 
going out and building relationship with unchurched people, identify those people who you're called to reach, go start reaching them, start bringing them in. And once you start having some you know, progress there, then you, then you can go back and work on some of the other areas that are also unhealthy um, and, and get them stronger. So I just kind of wrap up with, with this thought. So just as a practical matter, sort of bring it down from, from example or theory to, to practical, based on the churches we've worked with and the churches we've assessed and the patterns we see, what I'd recommend is, uh, well, uh, is, that, is that if you're going to prioritize where to work, where to focus your energies, first of all, get clarity on the, your vision for evangelism and, and, and really do the work of identifying who are the specific unchurched people around your, your church and your local community. So a five mile radius, as an example, you know, really t- take some time to figure out who are, who are the people who don't know Jesus in our community and, and study it enough demographics and psychographics. I've done podcasts on that. You can go back and listen to those. One I did with Sean Jekko was really clear on that, but you go, you, you, you know, you do that work and then you st- Start building relationship with them to figure out some some strategies, some programs, whatever it is. Connect with them relationally, and then start bringing people in. Simultaneous to that, I would work on uh, worship. Even even if you love your worship service and you, that scored high in, in your assessment, you still the challenge there is to make sure that you're doing your worship in a, in a way that that's hospitable and in a uh, really assimilates those new people you're working hard to bring in into the life of the church. And so, you know, just whatever your worship style is that you, that you're, you, you, as you're going out and doing the mission stuff and figuring that out at the same time, you can, you can make sure that you're, you're tweaking your worship service in such a way where you're really making sure it's hospitable. I was talking to some friends yesterday who visited another church. Uh, they were just uh, visiting some friends and they went into this Anglican church and they were telling me that, that, uh, nobody, nobody greeted them. No one even handed them a bulletin. I was an usher to say, you know, here's a bulletin. Nothing. There was no greeting on the way in. They came in. They, uh, they said, they said they they knew some people at the church, which is why they were there. They, those people talked to them, but nobody else talked to them. And they actually got the what I call the look, where people were kind of like looking at them, like, what are you doing here? And you're, you know, kind of sitting in my seat, kind of look. And it was just they said it was a horrible experience. And uh, knew what I did for a living and were suggesting that I might give that church a call to, to let them know. Uh, my point is it, it's we, even if you know, you're supposed to be hospitable, we cannot do that. And so, so just make sure that you're, you're doing those things that are uh, hospitable so you can get those people to say, well, I, I want to come back at least a second time and see how it goes. So, so I would say focus on those two things first. And once you have, you're really doing the mission piece, you're bringing people in and you're making sure that you're welcoming those people in in a hospitable way so that they can keep coming back. If that's in place, then you can really start working on the discipleship process, uh, which is the T in our vitals, which you can really start really, really making sure you have a plan to, once they're coming back and they're consistently coming, how do you move them if they don't know Jesus into a relationship with Jesus and, and actually make them into disciples of Jesus so that their life is transformed to be like Christ in every way? Uh, develop that plan and make sure that plan's in place so that you can not only keep them coming, but get them plugged in and actually actually made disciples. And a, and a, a part of the discipleship process uh, should always be incorporating people into the fellowship and, and making sure they're experiencing authentic community, and then also getting them plugged into ministry where they're serving 
Jesus in a, in a way that, that God made them to serve. So, so those kind of things will all kind of fall into place if you kind of do those in order. So that's just my recommendation based on experience of if you're going to prioritize, that might not be true for every church, but that seems to be the pattern. So just something to think about today as you analyze your church, you're thinking about your overall health. If you haven't done the assessment yet and you want to, you can go to churchrevive.org, go to the, the revive page. Uh, and it, uh, on the revive page, you can see a place where it says, take the, take the assessment. Just click on there. It'll take you to Asbury Seminary's page and you can take the assessment and then schedule a call with me to, uh, to analyze the results once you're done. If you want to, if you want to work with us in doing the assessment and the revive process, we're happy to do that as well and kind of come in and specifically help you develop plans for your, your church's needs in a unique way. Uh, you're, you're welcome to do that. So you can always give us a call or really go to our website, churchrevive.org. And on there, there's several places where you can schedule a call with me. It's a new system we have. You can just go to, straight to my calendar, my availability, schedule a call, and then we'll talk from there. Well, God bless you out there on the front lines. We're praying for you. We're here to help. We want to see your church uh, get to a place of health and fulfilling the Great Commission in your community and seeing your, and we want to help you lead your church to a place of thriving. Well, God bless and uh, keep up the good work out there and we'll see you on our next Vital Podcast. You've been listening to The Vital Podcast, a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.